0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Dark Shadow on the Tracks by Jan S. Doward The sudden, rumbling, rattling sound jolted the little house on the hillside. Nora's head jerked up. What was that? she asked as she quickly dried her hands and ran to the kitchen door. Oh, it's nothing but the railroad handcar going back to town with the work crew, her mother replied. But Nora knew her mother's hearing wasn't all that sharp, and she shook her head slightly. Well, I never heard it make a sound like that before. It sounded more like a coal car dumping a whole load on the tracks. I've got a good notion to go down to the tracks and see what it was. Oh, you're just trying to get out of doing the rest of the dishes, Mother countered. Take a look at the clock. You can see it's just about time for the work crew. They'll barely make it to the station and lift their hand car off the tracks before the Rio Grande Express goes by. Nora didn't argue with her mother. She whisked through the rest of the dishes as fast as she could, slipped on her jacket, and headed down the steep path to the tracks below their house. Way off in the distance, she could hear the evening express whistle as the sound echoed down the valley. It was twilight now, and she knew the passenger train was skirting the Great Bend several miles away, steadily making its way along the flanks of the Colorado Mountains. Back in those days, before there were any diesel engines, the trains were run by steam, and their whistles made that mournful sound that carried very far away. Often, Nora used to hear its faint sound from their house perched several hundred yards above the tracks, and she would hurry down to stand by the tracks in the evening and wave at the passenger train as it zoomed past. The evening express was always special to her. The cars, all lit up, seemed cozy inside, and to Nora the passengers looked well-dressed and rich. She'd stand by the tracks in the twilight, waving and waving until she could see only the bobbing red and green signal lights of the observation car. "'I wonder where all those people come from, and where they're going,' she would often say to herself. But this evening she wasn't interested in waving, nor was she thinking about all those rich people riding to the big city. She just had to find out what had made that rumbling sound. The fact that the Rio Grande Express was headed her way only made her scamper faster.' Yet she didn't dare stumble and fall on the steep path right then. About halfway to the tracks, she stopped. Right there on the tracks below her, she could see a huge dark shadow. What could that be? she asked out loud. She sucked in her breath as she made out the shape of a huge boulder about as high as her waist. Scattered all around were lesser rocks. Somehow, when the handcar had gone by, it had jarred the rocks loose from the steep bank, and they had rolled right down on the tracks. So that's what we heard, Nora exclaimed. She looked up again when the faint whistle of the evening express sounded. It would be here in about five minutes. Putting her shoulder to the big rock, she tried pushing with all her might, but it didn't budge. She stooped down to lift the smaller ones, but even they were so heavy that she could move them only slightly. Desperate now, she tried pushing the big rock again. "'It's no use!' she cried. "'And the train will be here soon!' Leaving the track, she scrambled up the bank and ran as fast as she could up the path to her house." Her lungs felt as though they would burst as she panted her way to the back porch. "'Quick, mother, quick!' she shouted. "'The oil can! The oil can!' She stooped down and picked up a stick of dry pine by the path. Grabbing the kerosene can from the porch, she unscrewed the lid and dashed oil all over the end of the stick. She had seen her father do this once when he was in need of a quick light. Nora's mother stood in the doorway, her eyes wide with bewilderment. "'Are you crazy, child?' But Nora brushed past her mother and stuck the end of the stick into the wood stove. Instantly, she had a torch. Holding her blazing light high above her head, she raced back down the path to the tracks. By now, Nora could hear the pounding of the great steam engine as it thundered closer to the spot where the boulder lay across the track. She quickened her pace. "'I've got to make it!' she panted. She slid down the bank to the tracks, using one hand for balance and the other for holding the torch high. Running toward that train in the gathering darkness was scary, but Nora knew that if she didn't make it in time to stop the train, it would derail, plunge over the steep bank on the other side, and roll to the valley far below. The brilliant headlight struck Nora full in the face when it rounded the curve. She desperately waved and waved her torch. The whistle blew so loudly that it seemed as if it would burst her eardrums and blast her right off the track. Now the train was almost on top of her, and still she stood her ground, waving and waving her blazing torch. She wondered if the train would ever stop. The whistle blew nonstop now with an ear-splitting force that sent shivers up and down her spine. Finally, at the last second, she leaped aside as the engine roared past. But just as it did, the great drive shafts stopped and the brakes locked the wheels, sending sparks flying to either side. The whole train edged all the way around the next corner before finally stopping, with the cowcatcher nudging the big boulder on the track. The engineer and his assistant leaped from the cab and hurried forward to see what was on the track. Nora came panting up with her torch. She wasn't waving it any more. The passengers poured from the cars and crowded around. "'What's the matter? What's the matter?' they cried. "'Matter enough,' answered the engineer. "'Take a look at that boulder on the track.' He pointed to the rock and then back at Nora. If this girl hadn't warned us, we'd have plunged to our deaths for sure. Everyone seemed to be asking questions all at once, and Nora did her best to explain just what had happened and how she had hurried to warn the train. It wasn't long before one of the men took off his hat and passed it around. In a few minutes, it was filled with money clear to the brim. But I didn't do it for pay, said Nora, and besides, it wasn't much to do. It wasn't worth so much money. Honestly, I didn't do it for... But her words were lost in praise and appreciation from the passengers and crew alike. The conductor patted Nora on the shoulder. That was a brave act. You've saved many lives tonight. None of us will ever be able to repay all that we owe you. That night, when all was finally quiet, she lay in her bed staring into darkness, but wrapped in a blanket of deep happiness. She had more money than she had ever had in her life, but that wasn't why she was so happy. A joyful thought echoed in her mind, singing her to sleep. I stopped the train. I stopped the train. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fishel.